turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. The John Steigerwald Show, sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Portions of today's program may be pre recorded. Where's Damar? There are people out there asking the question since Damar Hamlin, uh, you know, hasn't shown his face in public since he got out of the hospital in Buffalo. They did show him arriving at the game in Buffalo on Sunday, but he wasn't walking with his family. He was riding behind them in a golf cart wearing big sunglasses. He had a hoodie on. He walked to an elevator after that with the hood still up, surrounded by what looked like security. He was still wearing the uh, the big dark shades and a surgical mask. No wave, no smile for the camera. And during the game, you probably saw they, they cut to him in a private box behind the glass but the glass was foggy, snow was flying. It was really hard to make out who it was. Uh, you had to take their word for it that it was him, but I'm, I'm guessing it was him. But still, no smile, no wave. This is a guy who has millions of people pulling for him and sending in money for his charity. He was taken off the field in an ambulance after his heart stopped, and we still don't know what caused his heart to stop, and still nobody is asking. So why hasn't he showed his face? By the way, he did send out a tweet I just saw a little while ago uh, thanking people for their support and their, their, you know, their messages to him and all that stuff. But lots of people are starting to ask uh, where, why he's you know, not showing his face. But here's what Jason Whitlock said on Twitter. Damar Hamlin is most valuable over the next year as a mystery, not as a whistleblower or a truth teller. This is the power of television and social media. Separately, they harm the truth. Together, they annihilate the truth. The weaponization of DeMar Hamlin began this weekend. I guess he's referring to what happened at the game on Sunday. And what does this mean? Who knows? But at some point, football players everywhere deserve an answer to why DeMar Hamlin's heart stopped and if it had anything to do with football. Because, you know, they play football. You've heard two top cardiologists say on this show that they don't believe the hit in the game had anything to do with it. So when do we find out, or do we ever find out? I'm guessing probably the latter. Anyway, when we come back, we're going to talk to our media expert, Jeff McCall, about all things media. And in our second half hour, Adam Angievsky of OpenTheBooks.com will give you some good reasons, based on his research, why you should never, ever vote for Gavin Newsom for anything much less president, which he's being talked about now. Stick around. Hey, have you ever picked up a towel set because it felt really soft in the store, but then when you go to use it, it's not very absorbent? It's basically a towel that's leaving you out to dry? Well, that's why my pillow has developed the MyPillow towels. Towels that work. I know, it's mind-blowing. Towels that actually dry you? Their six-piece towel set includes two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths. They come in a variety of colors, and right now, you can get a six-piece set for only $49.99 with promo code STAG. Go to MyPillow.com right now, click on the radio listener special. MyPillow products come with a 10-year warranty, and they have their 60-day money-back guarantee. To receive this amazing offer on the six-piece set off MyPillow Towels, just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener special, and enter promo code STAG or call 800-716-8087. That's 800-716-8087 or just go to MyPillow.com, promo code STAG. People do some pretty cool things in their 40s and 50s. Why should saving for retirement be any different? I mean, they go back to college... Learn new instruments. Start skateboarding. 
Okay, maybe that one's not for everybody, but saving for retirement is. With aceyourretirement.org, you can get on track with your retirement savings no matter your age. Just have a three-minute chat with Avo, the friendly digital retirement coach from AARP. You'll get personalized recommendations based on your input that are easy to understand and work with your lifestyle. It's quick, easy, and free. Plus, it's sponsored by AARP, so you know they got your back. Gnarly move, Dad. Thanks, sweetie. So wherever you are in your retirement savings journey, head to aceyourretirement.org and start chatting with Avo today. That's aceyourretirement.org. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter code SLEEK at checkout. That's harrys.com, code SLEEK. Enjoy. The word is out. People are abandoning their overpriced wireless carriers and flocking to Pure Talk for the same 5G coverage, but at a fraction of the price. In fact, the average family saves over $800 a year when switching from Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. And switching is so easy. You can keep your phone, keep your number, or get huge discounts on the latest iPhones and Androids. Right now, you can get unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data for just $30 a month. Or if you still want unlimited limited data you can get that and still save a fortune so make the switch and get the same coverage as the big guys but at half the price go to puretalk.com type in your address to find the coverage at your home then enter promo code half off and you'll save an additional 50 percent off your first month that's puretalk.com promo code half off switch to pure talk and get unlimited talk text and six gigs of data for just 30 dollars a month because pure talk is simply smarter wireless this is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, you know things are bad for a Democrat when reporters working for stations other than Fox are asking tough questions at a White House press briefing. Uh, and Joe Biden's intern for communications, uh, also known as a communications director, has been getting some tough ones lately on the subject of Joe's classified documents. Jeffrey McCall is a professor of communications at DePaul University and a media critic for The Hill. And he joins us now. As usual, Jeff, great to have you on. Thanks for doing it. Great to be with you, too, John. So is this a case of the legacy media having no choice but to cover this like a major story? No place to hide? Obviously, they've been forced into this. And, you know, the reality is that the Biden administration has had a very soft ride for two years. And, uh, you know, all the failings of COVID management, uh, the economy, border security, all those kinds of things were explained away or barely covered. But this is a story that it's really hard for them to ignore or to explain away. Although I must say, even though we've seen some pretty tough questions in the White House press briefings with the press secretary, uh, I don't know that this reporting has been aggressive beyond that. And by that, I mean there are lots of aspects of this story that need to be covered away from an official White House press briefing. And I'm not sure, maybe this is happening behind the scenes, but I haven't seen evidence of that yet. And, for example, I think they really need to be looking more into just, like, not where the documents were or when they were discovered or whose lawyers or double standards with Trump or whatever. I think they need to be finding out more about what those documents consisted of, who looked at them, and why people were looking at them uh, in the first place in terms of uh, were there documents related to China uh, or Ukraine or some of the places that deal with Hunter Biden's business dealings. So I think that's where the real journalistic work, I think, needs to start happening now because I think it's hard to ignore that this is a story. I mean, it's clearly this is a story. 
the, the mainstream media or the establishment media, as I like to call them, uh, have figured out that they've got to cover this. And the question is now, are they just going to bark questions at Karine Jean-Pierre or are they going to go do the hard work behind the scenes? Because surely they've got sources they can work at the Justice Department or the State Department or places like that. And I hope that they are doing that. And, I, of course, you know, it, it might take a while to cultivate this story, but I hope that they don't let it drop here and that in, you know, two or three weeks we're suddenly running on to something else that, ex- that is exciting and just to say, oh, well, Trump had documents, even Mike Pence had documents, so that Biden had them is not big a de- that big of a deal. So I'm getting that you don't have a whole lot of confidence that uh, the legacy media or the establishment media are going to be willing to go in for the kill on this one. Well, let me just say I have my doubts. Um, <laughs> because, again, it, I think it's hard for two years to run journalistic cover for an administration with the many problems that the Biden White House has had, and then suddenly figure out that, hey, there are journalistic stories here we need to be covering, and we're going to give the guy a rough ride now. Because, I mean, let's face it, during, during the election of 2020, you know, Biden was the darling and the, you know, jovial, nice guy, good old Joe from Scranton, and, you know, he's trusted with this nasty, mean old Trump. Uh, and so, I mean, it, it's hard to you know, for the media to characterize him, you know, as, you know, good old folksy Joe for two and actually three years, and for that matter, most of his Senate career. Uh, but then all of a sudden, like, oh, here's a sinister guy, you know, playing fast and loose with national security, uh, with documents he shouldn't have, and in multiple places. Uh, and And I must say, even in the wording, a lot of the coverage of the Biden document scandal so far, uh, and I think it is a scandal if they really want to, you know, pursue it like that. I think it's interesting to see the establishment, media, even though they're covering it, and you have the White House reporters asking tough questions. There's still a lot of explaining away that they seem to be doing by trying to say like, oh, well, you know, this happens, and they keep using the word inadvertent mm-hmm. in most of the coverage. I mean, and that oh, Joe Biden has no regrets and letting that kind of stand on its face value. And I'm thinking, that no regrets comment was really kind of in the uh, outlandish kind of category. And for the national news media to say, well, Joe's made a statement today and he's had, he has no regrets, it's kind of like, hey, wait a second, you can't really report that with a straight face without going beyond to put in context really the kind of the insanity of that kind of a statement. Right, and you know, isn't it a shame, Jeff, that it, it matters which party the subject belongs to. Um, And I would say the same thing about Fox not being aggressive enough to go after conservatives, Republicans, when there's a story that, you know, deserves to be investigated. But, and we've talked about this probably every time you've been on, but it's something that always pops into my head when we talk about stories like this. And that's that the news, the, the, the executive producers, the, the whoever's running the station or whoever's running the, the news department, the head, you know, the news director, whatever they call them at the network level, um, they should be beating back reporters and telling them to calm down and, and be watching out that they're not too aggressive on something like this because they should be drooling over the possibility of being assigned this story and then jumping into it and being the person that, that, um, that breaks the story or, or, or delivers the big news or, or yes. delivers the kill shot, you know, that really shows that this, this was a big deal and this guy is, is a bad person. And, I mean, even if they, even if they, if they don't finally come to that conclusion, they, sh- they should be just a frenzy of good journalists, good reporters wanting to do this. This could be a career maker for any journalist or team right. of journalists that would get on the stick and get in there and find out what these documents dealt with, who had access to them, and what they were doing there in the first place, and whether they were used as uh, intelligence, so to speak, for any of particularly Hunter Biden's or, or Biden's brother's business dealings. And I mean, that's the issue, I think, here. And, and I think that's one thing that has been largely missing from a lot of the mainstream media coverage, too, is they keep saying, well, Trump had documents, Biden had tr- documents, it's kind of like a wash. Uh, now, Trump might have had documents, but as far as we know, um, 
in spite of some of the rumors when they first raided Mar-a-Lago that he was going to, you know, sell these documents to the Russians and kind of those conspiracy theory things, I think there's actually a lot more possibility that the Biden documents did have some sort of use or purpose for the Biden family, as opposed to Pence having a few documents stuck away in his Indiana home. Yeah. Um, and, and honestly, Pence, when he says it's inadvertent, I, I would probably buy that more than Biden, just because there isn't any other signal of corruption or, or sinister you know, intent right. from Mike Pence over the years. I, I live in Indiana. Of course, Mike Pence was a congressman from Indiana yep. and our governor, and people will have many disagreements with him, I'm sure, about his politics or his positions on certain issues. But I don't think anybody has ever come up with the notion that Mike Pence is somehow corrupt or would sell out the government or was consciously trying to steal documents or subvert, you know, the National Archives. So when he says inadvertent, it probably makes sense. Mm -hmm. When Biden says inadvertent, when we have a pattern of behavior over several years and they're in multiple places and, you know, probably deal with uh, China and Ukraine and places like that where we know his family was trying to do business, it should raise our concern a little bit more. And, and, and you're right, though, that this is news. And I, I hope that the editors and executive producers will, will all turn their people loose to do aggressive, fair reporting based on facts uh, and look at this story and let the, let the facts take you where the story right. goes. Right. I mean, I always tell my students, reporters, when I work with them, go where the facts lead you, but get facts. Don't like make a predisposition of what you're trying to do and then go cherry pick facts, gather the facts and then go where that story takes you. And I hope that the journalists are doing that because uh, if they make their decisions just basically only on the news value, they'll have plenty to work on. Yeah. Now, normally uh, we're talking to Jeff McCall, professor of communications at DePaul University, also a media critic for The Hill. Um, Normally, also on a story like this, kind of along the same lines here, uh, Jeff, uh, there would be an incentive to win the story. If, you're, if there's a story out there like this and there are multiple outlets uh, trying to get the story, someone usually wanted to win. Someone wanted to be the one that got the, the, the big information first uh, or did the best job or the most thorough job. Do you get the feeling that there's any kind of competition among the non-Fox people to win the story? I hope there is, but I haven't seen the evidence of it yet. And again, in, in the greater scheme of things, longitudinally, it might still be early for this story because it's really only been out with us for a few weeks, uh, and it might take time for the journalists to work their sources or to get people on the record, so to speak, or to even have people in the know feel like they can step forward and disclose information. I mean, the, I mean you and I are old enough to remember when Watergate was a thing, it took months for that story to develop, uh, and Woodward, Woodward and Bernstein worked many months behind the scenes trying to go different places to try to get people to talk to them, so it might take a while. But I must say this, I hope that people are looking at this as a story that needs to be aggressively covered uh, other than Fox, uh, because I really think this is the kind of story where politics should not matter. And I mean, that's a sad thing, again, that you and I have talked about before, too often uh, journalistic motives deteriorate in the face of political motives uh, or ideology. And so I think for the real professional journalists, they shouldn't, shouldn't give a hoot or care whether this is a Democrat in the White House or whether they voted for Biden or whether they like Biden or not. This should be, what is the story here in terms of national security? Breaking law, obviously. I mean, that's the other thing is inadvertent, unintentional, None of that matters if those documents are in his possession and he wasn't legally entitled to it. That, that, that's breaking the law. And, you know, if, if you and I get stopped on a, you know, a speeding ticket, uh, driving too fast, we can't just say, oh, I didn't mean to be going 60 in a 40 zone. The, the officer is going to say, it doesn't matter what you intended. Right. We're looking at the speed here. And I think that's the thing with Biden and the documents. He's got them. He had them. Uh, his intent or inadvertent or whatever doesn't make a certain make any, any difference at a certain point. And even if it so does, even if it does make a difference by and as it pertains to the law, it shouldn't make any difference to a journalist. 
Yeah, absolutely. And that, that's where I think journalists need to really check their political attitudes at the door here and do the job that professional journalists normally do. And I think that, you know, that there should be enough people willing to do that. And you mentioned earlier, you know, Fox sometimes takes it easy on right-leaning people or yeah. Republicans. That's true. And Newsmax does the same thing. Uh, the Daily Caller does the same thing. Uh, so we kind of all get that. But I think when it comes to big stories, I think it's time for everybody to kind of say, let's go where the facts lead, let's do this story based on its news value, uh, and do what needs to be done for our citizenry, because the audience should be all important here, not political parties, not elections, not any of that kind of stuff. We need to focus on what the audience needs to hear, uh, and, that, and I think that's the key, what the audience needs to hear, uh, and if MSNBC is not going to cover the story aggressively because they think their audience doesn't want to hear about Joe Biden's document lapses, then they're doing a disservice to their own audience, too. Yeah. Now, uh, on to another subject. The March of Life was held on Friday. Uh, I get the feeling the networks did their usual good job of ignoring it. Do you get the same feeling? Oh, yeah. Surprisingly, you know, and that's been, you know, uh, years and years going on, uh, the, the national media is just not interested in that topic because they think the people who march for life are on the wrong side of the issue. Uh, and if you had the same number of people marching for some other cause that the left endorsed, uh, the media would be happy to go out and cover it. Uh, and the other thing is, when you look at even the little bit of coverage that was done on the March for Life, you, you, you look at the word choices used by the network newscasters or the writers for the New York Times or the Washington Post, and you look in there and you see a lot of adjectives describing the marchers, uh, and they're referred to oftentimes as far-right or hardline ideologues or extremists or something like that. Uh, and I'm just thinking, when you start labeling people like that, number one, it's a disservice because uh, what you're trying to do is demonize them in a way. Uh, but it also doesn't really get at the issue of what they were there marching for. And so I think if you look at the adverbs and the adjectives that were used in the discussion of the coverage, I think you can really get a sense of the taint that a lot of that coverage had, uh, although, as you mentioned, uh, it wasn't nearly as extensive as if you'd had the same number of people marching for some sort of left-of-center cause. Uh, it's interesting you use adjectives and adverbs because I had a guy on here a few months ago, a couple months ago, uh, actually a guy I've known since he was a kid. We grew up on the same street, but he was a, a newspaper editor for the Fort Myers paper uh, in Florida and for like 30 years, and he now teaches a course uh, at one of the schools down there, colleges, and he says, and he's trying to. He says he's trying to save journalism by teaching kids how to be good reporters. And he said he always looks. He can find in the first two paragraphs if he sees a couple of adjectives or adverbs, he knows right away they they don't get it that their that their reporting is biased just based oh, he, on two yeah, adjectives. And, yeah, and he's exactly right. I mean, people give their their biases away uh, with the descriptors that they use in front of nouns, mm -hmm. uh, and that uh, is a tough thing. But, you know, we see that routinely uh, if you read, uh, if you go to CNN.com and read their online stuff or MSNBC. Uh, it, it's not that uncommon now for reporters to use those kinds of descriptive adjectives or tainted words, as I like to call them, uh, and, 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 and they're happy with exposing their ideological point of view. Uh, so your friend is doing the right thing by trying to get future journalists to leave that stuff out of their reporting. The sad thing is there's so much role modeling of that going on in the profession now that it's going to be hard to undo. Well, I hope you're undoing it there at uh, DePaul University, Jeff. I'm out of time. I'm doing uh, my best. Yeah, I hope so. I, I'm sure you are. Uh, always good to have you on. I'm sure we'll talk soon. I look forward to it. Thanks. Okay, that's Jeff McCall, professor of communications at DePaul University. We will be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Classified documents have now been found in the home of former Vice President Mike Pence. 
Greg Clunkston with that report. Pence's lawyer told the National Archives that a small number of documents bearing classified markings were inadvertently botched and transported to Pence's Indiana home at the end of the Trump administration. The lawyer said the former vice president was unaware of the document's existence in a locked safe and that he stands ready and willing to cooperate fully with the National Archives and any appropriate inquiry. Confidential information has also been recovered from the private homes of former President Trump and President Biden. Greg Clugston, the White House. In health news, Amazon growing its healthcare business, adding a prescription drug discount program, a subscription service for customers who have prime memberships. The Dow is up 119 points, the NASDAQ off 22. This is SRN News. Wesley Financial Group is not a law firm. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshare. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare. And in the process, started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. The crazy thing is, this never ends. Even when you die, your family's now going to be stuck with this burden. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. If we take you as a client, I guarantee we'll cancel your timeshare or you'll pay nothing. Call for your free information kit. 800-626-5252. That's 800-626-5252. 800-626-5252. AM 1250, The Answer. Hugh Hewitt. The Hugh Hewitt Show. All right, it's Hugh Hewitt on the next Hugh Hewitt Show. Steve Daines is now the chair of the National Republican Senatorial Committee. Could it be a good year in 2024 for the GOP in the Senate? Plus, Chairman Mike Gallagher, the Gallagher Committee, they finally set up the committees yesterday. We'll talk with him about what's going on in the China Select Committee on the next Hugh Hewitt Show. Hugh Hewitt, tomorrow morning at 6, right before Mike Gallagher at 9, at AM 1250. The answer. My son Finn was born with congenital heart disease. He ended up spending about the first eight months of his life in the hospital. During that time, he endured 10 surgeries, including an open heart surgery. Starlight Children's Foundation has played an important role in my family's life. For five weeks when he was a baby, Finn lived in a Starlight Hero wagon. You could not understand the pure joy of having him go from a hospital bed into his favorite red wagon. Starlight doesn't just give items that hospitalized kids can use to keep themselves happy, but also memories, moments, and experiences which are so needed in times like these. They allow sick kids to just be kids for a little while. The support that Starlight provides to families like mine is an integral part to creating happiness at a time when there's very little to be found. Learn more about how Starlight Children's Foundation brightens the lives of sick kids by visiting starlight.org today. The new year gives us the opportunity to make resolutions. You may have goals focusing on your physical, mental, or financial health, but have you considered your legal health? This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy & Hagerman. You may have been putting off updating your estate plan or creating one altogether. We provide free consultations in order for you to finally check the box off your resolution list. Whether you want to discuss the difference between a will or a trust or the functions of a power of attorney, we'd love to talk to you. To schedule a free consultation today, visit a-h.law. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. W223CS Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the answer mobile app. Smart speakers. Tune in iHeart or Odyssey. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. Winter weather advisory in effect early tomorrow morning through early tomorrow afternoon. For tonight, mostly cloudy, a little late night snow accumulating a coating to an inch, low 30. Cloudy skies tomorrow, breezy, snow accumulating one to two inches, changing to rain in the morning, followed by a little rain in the afternoon. Storm total snowfall one to three inches, high 42. Breezy Thursday morning, low clouds and some snow accumulating a coating to an inch, high 32. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, with what's been happening lately, the chances of the big guy running for president again seem to be getting slimmer and slimmer by the day here, but he might not make it to Memorial Day. And that's caused Gavin Newsom's name to be mentioned, unfortunately, a lot as his possible successor. He's the governor of California, which is a total disaster. Hard to believe anybody would want to see him become president after what he did there, but there are lots of reasons not to. And Adam Andrzejewski is of 
is the CEO of OpenTheBooks.com. He's here with some good reasons not to vote for this guy for anything ever. Thanks for being on the show, Adam, as usual. Well, John, thanks for having me on. Uh, I just want to point out we're a nonpartisan watchdog organization. So on your show for years, we've taken on Republicans. We've taken on Democrats. We follow the money. And when we follow the money in the state of California, and you know it took us 10 years on a knockdown, dragout dogfight to open the books on the line-by-line spending in the Golden State. When we finally got those books open during the fall, we started to follow the money, and we followed it right in to the Newsom's, Mrs. Newsom's, film nonprofit where tax dollars are flowing and they have quadruple dipped taxpayer money. We'll get to that in a second. I'm a little confused here because Gavin Newsom's wife is Jennifer Seidler. Well, no, she's referred to as his partner, not his wife. She's referred to as the first partner. So is is she, this has nothing to do with what we're going to talk about. I'm just wondering if you know this. Is she actually his wife? Or she is a partner, and if she's not his wife, why does she go by Jennifer Seibel Newsom? <laughs> Look, it's California, right? Yeah. So they're married. Are, are they actually married? Thought, but he's, know, I, but she's his partner. I, I, I mean, is that politically correct? No, yeah. I, I don't. I don't get I, it. I'm with you. I mean. Look, they're married half the time. I call her uh, Jennifer Siebel Newsom. The other half, I call her Mrs. Newsom. Yeah. Everyone knows what I'm talking about. Mrs. Newsom's shorter, and so look, I'm not going to play their game right. on some right. long title. She's Mrs. Newsom half the time with me. Okay, but she is a pretty good reason uh, to start with for not ever voting for Gavin for anything. Correct? Well, look, it's Team Newsom. Okay, so they have we've uncovered a sophisticated, elaborate scheme to use taxpayer dollars inside her film nonprofit to push radical ideologies within thousands of our public schools to promote her husband, Gavin, for his political advancement and his cult of personality all the time using those taxpayer dollars to enrich themselves to the tune of millions of dollars over the course of the last 10 years. How do they enrich themselves? It's, it's called the Representation Project, and they're, they're, they're ostensibly raising money to um, to promote this representation project, which goes into the schools, but how does the money come back to them? So over the course of the last 10 years, $3 million has come back to Jennifer Siebel Newsom. Half of that, $1.5 million, has been on, a, on salary over 10 years from her nonprofit film organization. Ah. 1.6, but here's the other. She gets two bites at the apple of the nonprofit apple, the, the second bite is she founded a for-profit film production company. The film production company contracts with the nonprofit. <laughs> they've, they've disclosed over the last 10 years that $1.6 million left the nonprofit and went to Stiebel's film production company. So you do the math, you add it up, it's over $3 million. Now, here's where it gets interesting. So the nonprofit is funded by, so she solicited state vendors for gifts into her nonprofit. Five and six figure gifts, over half a million dollars flowed into her nonprofit. We know that she's disclosed from state vendors. Okay. And also she solicits Gavin Newsom's campaign donors. Okay, that pays the operational costs, but she's also picked up one point five million dollars they've disclosed from school districts on royalties and fees by licensing her films and curriculum into 5,000 public schools across America. So, so, look, they're double and triple and quadruple dipping taxpayers out of this nonprofit. And so the, I, I saw your, the, your, your report you did on this, and um, there's a video involved, and it's called the uh, – one of them is called the, um, the Misrepresentation Middle School Curriculum – with the word miss, M-I-S-S, representation, middle school curriculum. It's a pretty disturbing video. What do you, what do you, what's on the video? And this is what you're talking about, too, um, uh, Adam, that she gets the money to for the nonprofit and then starts her own production company to produce the videos that will then be paid for by the nonprofit with the money going in her pocket. But what, what what's on the video? Well, and ultimately through license fees from the public schools, which the governor appropriates alongside the legislature, the money for the California public schools. And then he also stars in the videos 
as the heroic figure and the model public servant. Okay, so let's get to the your question on the curriculum, because this is really disturbing. It's profane. And two of the films that Mrs. Newsom, she wrote them, she produced them, and they can best be described as creating a pipeline to porn in the public schools. Now, John, your program, it's a family program, and so is your radio station, a family station. And it's very disturbing to me and, you know, to describe some of, the, some of this ugly content. And I want to encourage your listeners to go to our website at openthebooks.com. If you want to dig deep, if you want to learn more, we've got the entire report up in first position on the website. And if you click through to the link, you can see the disturbing content, and viewer discretion is advised. But I'm just going to give you a little sample right here on the description. So for 15, for, for 11-year-olds, you've got an upside-down animated stripper, and you've got tons of scantily clad women in all sorts of twerking exercises throughout the entire video, bombarding the senses for 11-year-olds, you know, bombarding them morally, their, their eyes, their senses. It's disgusting. For 15-year-olds, they take it a step further, and this is really profane. So for 15-year-olds, you've got naked women or mostly naked women, and they're slapped and handcuffed and brutalized on still shots taken for pornographic videos. But it doesn't even end there, John. They put the website address of the pornographic videos. So the students can actually leave the classroom. They have the Internet website to go explore further. And this is all to what end, do you believe? Well, here's how they justify it. They say that when youth go online, 34% of them get unwanted pornography. And the solution, according to, General, according to Jennifer Stiebel Newsom, seems to be to feed 100% of the children as captives in the classroom pornography through her films. It's absolutely ridiculous. No governor in the country should be involved in anything like this. And, you know, when we saw this, we, we obviously had to call it out. Yeah, I wonder how, how, does she, how does she peddle this and how does she get it into, what you say, 5,000 schools? Do you take the video into a school board and show what you just described and the school board says, yeah, that looks pretty good. Let's, let's show that to the kiddies. Yeah, I doubt if that's ever happened in the history of the school board world. They're not reviewing these videos. Look, parents don't know. And if you're a parent out there in Pennsylvania, you know, this, these films, this set of films from Siebel Newsom is in 5,000 schools across the country. 2.6 million students in over 11,000 classrooms have screened these films and worked with this curriculum. So you've got to start asking questions, whether you're, you have a kindergartner all the way through senior in high school. There is curricula from this organization that is in 5,000 schools, and it's there in Pennsylvania. It's there in every state. They admit it's in all 50 states. I don't know. Thinking back to when I was 15, I'd be happy to uh, skip, you know, not have to put up with uh, general science and watch naked women. I'd be okay with that at 15. I would be no, yeah, there'd be no complaints for me. It's unbelievable. And, you know, the argument seems to be, well, they're going to find it anyway. And look, I'm over 50 years old, you know, and I'm no shrinking violet, and neither is anybody on my team. And we've got 20-somethings and 30-somethings and 40-somethings. And with these websites, they're hardcore. Nobody had heard of these websites before. We weren't aware of them. We never stumbled upon them. It's a fallacy that these kids are going to find this anyway. This is hardcore stuff. We're talking to Adam Angievsky. He's the CEO, founder and CEO of OpenTheBooks.com. You can go there, OpenTheBooks.com, and find this uh, report. It's a lengthy report, lots of graphics, lots of video, in- very interesting. Um, but if you even, uh, Adam, even if you take the, what, what, what's in the videos out of it, it still uh, seems like a slimy operation that the governor is running which is putting money in their in him his and his wife's pockets. Even if you That's take right. that that aspect out of it, it's it's pretty ugly, right? It's very ugly. Look, I'm from Illinois. We're green eye shade. It's the Super Bowl of corruption here. Politicians they're famous for double dipping the pr- public trough. They do it all the time in a myriad of different ways. This is more than double dipping. It's triple dipping. It's quadruple dipping. We've got stuff further coming down the pike. It might be quadruple dipping when we're done times two. I mean, it's unbelievable. So if you go into the content, here's more content on a completely different subject. They're teaching kindergartners through fifth graders that there's more than two genders, 
Now, John and I, you and I believe there's two genders. That's been what's taught for the last 5,000 years. In the Newsom world, there is enough genders. They say gender is fluid. It's on a construct. You can mix and match. And there are as many genders as there are people in the world. There's 8 billion people in the world, John. I looked it up. The Newsoms think there's 8 billion genders. And it's not true. There's two. (laughs) Yeah, well, um, and so what's the... um, uh, uh, What's the what's the extent of the exposure on this besides at OpenTheBooks.com? Anybody else talking about this? Yeah, yeah, on your program, and I appreciate the platform, John. Thank you. I was on Laura Engram last night. It was a great hit. I did uh, Newsmax today. Good. Uh, during the day, I did One American News during the day. Where, uh, you know, media is picking up on this for sure. And there's a lot more to come down the pike. And this is the second Fox News digital story that we've run on the on Newsom's charity. The first one a week ago, we actually caught them uh, soliciting for the last 11 months fundraising for this nonprofit while they were delinquent, while their registration was not current underneath the California Charitable Solicitation Act at the California Attorney General's office. They weren't supposed to be raising money for the past 11 months. And we, we called them out on this. We, uh, we found that they were running high-dollar donor events, galas, state contractors, campaign donors to the governor were at these galas. He was there. They were all rubbing shoulders. They were all fundraising. And the point is, they were out of compliance with the law. California law is very specific. You cannot fundraise if you're delinquent on your, on your disclosures. When we called this out, we now have the emails. We filed a sunshine request. We got the emails. And it took 12 minutes for the top officer at the charitable division to start working on their paperwork. <laughs> it, it's great to be the elite in California. Yeah, and uh, the, the people in California would elect this guy for the next 100 years. He's, he, and, they're gonna, and if he runs for president, which is a scary thought, he will get, a, what, 80% of the vote in California? Well, look, you know, that's outside of our swim lane. We're, yeah. uh, like yeah. I mentioned off the but top, I mean, you know, this, this stuff is going on. We're an organization, and yeah. we don't weigh in on politics, John. Yeah, but this this stuff is going on, and you mentioned all the media outlets and this show, and I'm really glad to have you on and glad to ex- expose it here in Pittsburgh to the people that listen to this show. But we're, there's always it's always the case here when you have a story like this that we're doing a lot of preaching to the choir, and and is this stuff the stuff that you're doing in California? Is are there any non-conservative media outlets who have glommed onto this yet? Yeah, I mean, on on the uh, next legs to the story, there are exactly what you've described, and I I don't want to describe them any further because pressure will be brought to bear, brought to bear. But the story the story will get will get out across the land. So California media will be made aware of this if they aren't already. Absolutely. And, and the other thing about this, uh, and we're talking to Adam Angievsky of OpenTheBooks.com. You can go there to OpenTheBooks.com and see this amazing story about Gavin Newsom. And it becomes a little bit more important now, doesn't it? I know you don't want to get too political here, but he is being mentioned every day as a possible presidential candidate. And so this is this whole program that they're involved in, that he's involved in with his wife, partner, whatever she is, uh, not only are they getting rich on it, but this is a nice, inexpensive way, for a profitable way for them to promote his candidacy for higher office, right? Yeah, he stars in the videos, and he's held out as the hero. He's a heroic figure in these videos. And, and there's a student-to-activist pipeline component to the, to the school curriculum. I tell you, John, it just gets worse and worse. And so they, they're recruiting students to get involved with activism and politics and vote for politicians who espouse the same views that Governor Newsom espouses in the videos. So this is being run through a public educational charity, but it's re- it, there's a recruitment aspect, a student-to-activist pipeline aspect, and, and a get-out-the-vote aspect to this. And we think it blurs all the lines with what a charity should be. And there are a lot of, and I'm sure you've come across them, but you're mostly involved in government stuff. There are a lot of nonprofits out there that are scams and that people are using uh, uh, to pay themselves a nice salary 
and things like that. But the difference here is that it's being run by the governor's wife for the governor's benefit, correct? Well, he's a big beneficiary. He's one of those three legs under the stool. They're running that radical curriculum that we talked about, mm-hmm. including the, you know, the pipeline to pornography in the, in the public schools and the, and the radical gender um, uh, content that they're running. But a big part of this is also promoting, in two out of four films, they star Governor Gavin Newsom. And, and so promoting the governor as this heroic model public servant is a big part of it. Well, uh, hey, Adam, I always appreciate you coming on the show. Um, this is really good stuff. But, again, you can find it at OpenTheBooks.com. And it, it's lengthy, but it's really interesting. It's got a lot of uh, uh, graphics, videos to support this. And I sure hope that the people of California get a chance to see this story and, uh, and make Gavin Newsom disappear somehow from the political scene. But I don't have, my, don't have a whole lot of confidence that's going to happen. But, you know. You can only all you can do, Adam, is put the facts out there and let people do with them as they may. Correct? Absolutely. I think the American people are extraordinarily smart. There's genius in regular people. Let's roll. All right, Adam. Thanks for being on as usual. I'm sure we will talk again soon because you'll have another story just like this one. <laughs> Thank you, John. Thanks okay. for having me on. All right, we'll be right back. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing. 9,997. No, no. Suppose no. Thomas Edison had given 9, up. 9,998. But his failures only led him to the next idea. 9,999. Picture Times Square, dim, Las Vegas, dark, your home, black. Picture no electric light. 10,000. Come on, come on. Optimism. Pass it on from the Foundation for a Better Life at values.com. The word is out. People are abandoning their overpriced wireless carriers and flocking to PureTalk for the same 5G coverage, but at a fraction of the price. In fact, the average family saves over $800 a year when switching from Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. And switching is so easy. You can keep your phone, keep your number, or get huge discounts on the latest iPhones and Androids. Right now, you can get unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data for just $30 a month. Or if you still want unlimited data... You can get that and still save a fortune. So make the switch and get the same coverage as the big guys, but at half the price. Go to puretalk.com, type in your address to find the coverage at your home, then enter promo code half off, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code half off. Switch to Pure Talk and get unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data for just $30 a month because Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Hey, I'm Andy. I started Harry's because I was frustrated with buying razors at the drugstore. And when I say frustrated, I mean like so upset I called my friend Jeff. Hello, this is Jeff. Jeff, I'm at the store, and I don't get why these razors... Cost so much? Yeah, and do they need to look like robots? Ah, uh, dude, I know. And it's so frustrating how expensive they are. Getting ripped off sucks. We gotta do something about this. Why don't we make our own high-quality razors at much better prices? Actually, I heard about this German razor factory that makes some really high-quality blades. Really? Okay, maybe that's not exactly how it went. But we did buy that German factory, where we're turning high-quality steel into super-sharp blades for a smooth shave at a great price. Seriously, as low as $2 per cartridge. Over the past 10 years, 20 million people have tried Harry's. Join them and get your starter set now. That's a five-blade razor, weighted handle, and shave gel, all for just 3 bucks with free shipping, backed by our quality guarantee. If you don't like it, it's on us. Just go to harrys.com now and enter code MODERN at checkout. 
That's harrys.com code modern. Hi, this is Rhett Rasmussen of besthotgrill.com. We make the amazing Solaire infrared gas grills that are built to last and will consistently deliver better than restaurant grilled food. The Solaire infrared burner heats up to 1,000 degrees in just three minutes, even in the dead of winter. The high heat locks in the juices and flavor and grills food faster. Learn more about these fantastic USA-made grills at besthotgrill.com. Solaire, hot, fast grills at besthotgrill.com. This is the John Stacker Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. A couple of sick things to close with here today. I, I was just I just saw a video on Twitter uh, put up by Jordan Chamberlain. You you can see it on my Twitter feed at Steiger World. Um, it's a it's a video of a teacher teaching a class to four and five year olds. She's got a doll on her lap. And she's telling the kids that uh, the, the doll doesn't know whether they are a boy or a girl. And they're, they're, these kids are looking at them like little kids do in a kindergarten class, eyes wide and, you know, lips hanging on every word the teacher's telling them. And she's telling them that the, the, doesn't, the, he, the, the, uh, the, the boy, the, the person, in the doll that she has on her lap, hasn't decided yet. It's not sure whether they are a boy or a girl. And the kids are actually told to refer to the doll as they instead of he or she. The teacher looks to be mid-20s. I can't tell if it's a man or a woman. I'm pretty sure it's a woman. I'm guessing that she's non-binary, and I'm supposed to guess what she is. But that's what they're doing in North Carolina. They're teaching these little kids that this doll that she's holding can decide whether which which gender it wants to be a little later on, because it doesn't know right now. So that's what's going on in North Carolina. I'm going to look into that a little bit more, see if I can find anything about that. But then there's this. This is uh, from CBS 58 in Milwaukee. The Milwaukee Bucks are set to pr- celebrate the LGBTQIA plus community in Wisconsin during a pride celebration at Fiserve uh, for- Forum. Pride celebration is celebration is set to take place when the Bucks host the Denver Nuggets uh, tomorrow night. Throughout the game, the team plans to showcase videos that celebrate Pride within the Milwaukee uh, community. And at halftime, there will be drag performances at the game. At an NBA game, you got to have drag queens running around on the basketball court. And if that's not enough to make you puke. I don't know what is. Talk to you tomorrow. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of Salem Media Group and sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the Yellow Van.